0: Jai jai sicch chan Daya, anichan jai dvit chand jai gaura pakthvin hare krishna hare krishna 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 hare 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 ram hare ram 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 hare hare how can we understand pure love um, how can we understand complete selflessness, where does it exist? Uh, Such love which is fully dedicated to just pleasing another and totally selfless, where is it found? Uh, Not in this world. Therefore, it is very difficult to understand the pure love of of Krishna, of Radha and Krishna, and and their most confidential devotees. Um, Ramananda Rai is such a confidential devotee. Um, when we read about the pure love of Srimati Radharani, um, I wanted to uh, just remind you of what is written in the Adilila Chaitanya Charitamrita, chapter 4. Text Adilila 4, 139. Quote, Only Radhika, by the strength of her love, tastes all the nectar of my sweetness. Text hundred fourteen. Although Radha's love is pure like a mirror, its purity increases at every moment. Text 141, my sweetness also has no room for expansion, yet it shines before that mirror in newer and newer beauty. There's constant competition between my sweetness and the mirror of Radha's love. They both go on increasing, but neither knows defeat. My sweetness is also newer and newer. Devotees taste it according to their own respective love. If I see my sweetness in a mirror, I'm tempted to taste it, but nevertheless, I cannot. Six hundred forty-five. If I deliberate on a way to taste it, I find that I hanker for the position of Radhika. PURPORT Krishna's attractiveness is wonderful and unlimited. No one can know the end of it. Simada Radharani alone can relish such extensiveness from her position in the Asraya category. The mirror of Srimati Radharani's transcendental love is perfectly clear. Yet it appears clearer and clearest in the transcendental method of understanding Krishna. In the mirror of Radharani's heart, the transcendental features of Krishna appear increasingly new and fresh. In other words, the attraction of Krishna increases in proportion to the understanding of Srimati Radharani. Each tries to supersede the other, neither wants to be defeated in increasing the intensity of love. Desiring to understand Radharani's attitude of increasing love, Lord Krishna appeared as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So who can understand uh, the purity of Srimata Radharani and, and of the gopis? Uh, Ramananda Roy is such a transcendental personality. Um, we're accepting Ramananda Roy as Vishaka who's the uh, along with Lalita the principal of the uh, of the Astasakis and uh, the Astasakis are described as immediate expansions of Shri which puts them in a category of Shakti Tattva uh, that means they are not not in the category of jivas but they are in the category of, of de- direct expansions of the Ladini Shakti. Therefore, who can understand Ramananda Rai? Um, Ramananda Rai appeared Ramanandarai appeared um, in this world as the son of Bhavananda Rai and in not a very aristocratic family uh, rather is considered a sudra by caste uh, but you know a typical in, in a in a Kayasta type of role uh, in the role of a of an of an expert administrator and uh, being the governor of Orissa under maharaj pratappuria Ramananda rai is is a devotee of extraordinary caliber so it is described in antialila uh, no before we go there yesterday when we discussed the ramananda Samvat, the uh, discussion between uh, ramananda Roy and chaitanya mahaprabhu then we saw that ramananda Roy took us um, took us to surrender to the Supreme Personality of Godhead as the goal of life. And first he pointed out that one should perfectly uh, perform the duties of Varna Ashram, and in this way, please the Supreme Personality of Godhead based on the uh, Vishnu Purana. And then he carried on, and Lord Chaitanya said, no, that's external. Then he carried on with the verse, yit karusi, yit Asnasi yit juhusi, yit dasi, yit. From Bhagavad Gita. And in that verse, whatever you do, whatever you eat, whatever austerity you perform, and so on, you do that all as an offering to me. Sita said, No, that's external. Uh, uh, then he just spoke about the Bhagavad Gita verse, Brahma uh, Bhuta the Brahma-Bhuta-Prasanatma verse is explaining that one first must come to the transcendental platform of realizing one is not the body, and then from there practice devotional service. But uh, Lord Chaitanya was still not satisfied, and then gradually he came to serving in the mood of uh, of, of of neutrality dasya sakya vatsalya and finally madhurya uh, so in the mood of madhurya we're coming to the mood of the uh, gopis in vrindavan and then who could compare to the mood or to the loving mood of the gopis in vrindavan uh, by by no means uh, and then he uh, comes to Simata Radharani and establishes Simata Radharani as the topmost devotee. And uh, her love knows no match. And her love only can capture Krishna. Uh, in the Rasa dance, Krishna just uh, was, Radharani was not satisfied because due to the fact that there were so many others, she could not Enter into unique pastimes with Krishna. So she left the rasa dance. Then Krishna also left the rasa dance and followed her. And Krishna gave up the company of all those those girls, all the gopis, simply to follow Srimati Radharani. Mm. No one, no one can attract Krishna as as she can by by the purity of her love. So this is the. Uh, So in the uh, in the Ramananda Ramananda Samvad, uh, Ramananda Roy gives us like an overview of Prem tattva. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Krishidas kavi writes Kuswami, uh, and is adding so many verses, and there's so much ras there that the chapter, uh, Madhya Lila chapter eight is is very sweet. But if you really look at it, the focus is Prem Tattva. Mm. Then we are seeing in the Antya again a description of Ramananda Roy. And this time it is the pastime with Pradyumna Misra. Pradyumna Misra, a qualified Brahmana, came, uh, came to see Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and asked him to hear topics of Krishna. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is I myself, I'm hearing from Ramananda Rai, why don't you go there? Pradyumna Mishra went to the house of Ramananda Rai, was waiting to see him, but couldn't see him. A servant informed him that Ramananda Rai was very busy. Eventually, Pradyumna Mishra asked him, well, uh, will it take long? And uh, then the servant explained what he was actually doing. And that he was teaching these young girls how to dance ramananda rai had written a uh, a drama um, known as the Jagannath valabha natak and which describe pastimes of Radha and krishna and their associates and he wanted this drama to be performed by these, these girls, these Devadasis, these young girls who were meant to, uh, to act out the play before Lord Jagannath uh, as Devadasis, as is the, uh, the practice. Um, the Gita Govinda from Jayadev has been, uh, been performed before Lord Jagannath and in the same way. Um, Ramananda Roy wanted the Jagannath Vala Banatak to be performed. Then um, Ramananda uh, was was training these girls, not only training the girls, preparing the girls, not only sort of preparing them in acting, but also in dressing. And he personally, he personally took care of all of that, he was personally bathing the girls, he was personally massaging their bodies with oil, then dressing them, then teaching them how to uh, act with attractive feminine poses and uh, and how to dance, uh, how to dance in the mood of the Gopis of Vrindavan for the pleasure of, of Lord Jagannath. <clears throat> So uh, this was, uh, when Pradyumna Mishra found out about this, it was certainly shocking. And uh, so uh, so he left, went to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, told Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, oh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said that, yes, it's indeed amazing what Ramananda Roy can do. No one can do what Ramananda Roy can do. That even, even me, when I see the form of a woman, what to speak, a wooden doll, I experience changes, changes in my body, in my mind. But Ramananda Rai is just so exalted, he's just totally unaffected. Um, so, in this way, Ramananda Rai was most transcendental and uh, and completely in his eternal identity as a gopi and in that identity just dressing the girls as gopis and preparing them for their uh, their service to lord jagannath uh, and, and absolutely no other other interest no other thought there was no other agenda within him that was the only 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 thing on his mind so here ramananda roy embodies the example of pure love so now we're finding out that ramananda roy is not only very learned in prem tattva in rasa tattva uh, or in understanding prem ras tattva that but ramananda roy himself is has fully realized it He is speaking from actual experience and uh, and ramananda roy is living in the eternal identity of of a gopi um, although ramananda roy is in a male body ramananda roy is simultaneously uh, in a female identity internally now that Female identity is the spiritual body. Um, it's not a mental state. Uh, it is not that Ramananda Roy has uh, sort of identified himself uh, by, with the gopis by meditating on the gopis, and now, cons- and now tries to uh, perfectly act out the role of, of a gopi. No, Ramananda Vrāi has uncovered the spiritual identity. Um, Life after life, the living being is going through different bodies as we are going through different bodies in this life. And at the time of death, we'll take a new body. And according to the state of consciousness, we have uh, attained. Because at the time of death, the subtle body, or the soul within, encapsulated within the gross body, uh, if, we, if we conceive of three concentric circles: central circle the soul, second circle around it, subtle body, Third circle, gross body. If the gross body falls away at the time of death, then the the other two circles, the inner, the soul, and around it, the subtle body still remain. The subtle body is made made up of mind and false ego. The false ego is an identification with a particular material identity. That particular identification, that particular mood that we have developed carries us to a next body. Uh, And then we get another material body uh, due to that identification. And then the activities we perform uh, may strengthen that. And in this way, one can take uh, the soul, takes different bodies, and the soul may sometimes be in a male identity, sometimes in a female identity, sometimes in an animal form, in a human form, plant form, and so on. So all these things are... uh, are changing life, after life. Um, the soul is above these things. While the soul is embodied, uh, the spiritual identity is in a dormant state. But the process, the process of devotional service, uh, is purifying the soul, and from is by entering into the uh, the consciousness and the mind becomes purified the intelligence becomes purified uh, it is, the senses become purified. It is that within the senses that is the seating place of lust that it, it refers to uh, the previous verse uh, which describes lust. So lust is situated in the intelligence, in the mind, and in the senses. Then the uh, so devotional service purifies, uh, purifies the consciousness from lust, and purifies the mind from lust, purifies the intelligence from lust, purifies the senses from lust. Um, and as and not only lust, but also Kamakruda, Loba, and also lust, greed, anger, madness, illusion, and envy, six enemies. And as these are are being these impurities are being removed by devotional service, the devotee attains his original spiritual identity and that reawakens again and the devotee will gradually be able to again access that spiritual identity now that happens in advanced stages of devotional service Uh, rupa Goswami has given us uh, stages of devotional service at adhusradha tatasadhusangha Tabhajana Kriya, Shat, is given us first there is Shraddha, the initial faith, then association with devotees, and then comes the regulated practice of devotional service, Bhajana Kriya, then uh, the purification of the heart, Narthana then Nista, firm determination, and then one comes to Ruchi. Taste, higher taste for devotional service, then ashakti, deep attachment, then bhava, ecstasy, and finally pray, uh, pure love of God. Now, in this way, Rupa Goswami is given these stages. The uh, the, the spiritual identity is, is not not known to the practitioner. In the early stages, is not not accessible. Uh, although it is there, cannot be accessed. Just like uh, a millionaire whose uh, bank account has been frozen, is has temporarily been reduced to living in poverty, mm. having to borrow money left and right just to survive. Uh, although there's a bank account with uh, with millions and millions which is now frozen mm. so the spiritual identity is not accessible but as we are going through anarth day we're becoming purified it Nista, uh, we are becoming uh, very very focused on spiritual life probably at 60 70% purified that means more, more weight on the Krishna conscious side of the scale than on the material side of the scale. Uh, um, So the determination to serve Krishna is is predominant now, that there is really no other interest. So at that stage one can really apply himself with uh, one-pointed attention, and the result is that one makes advancement very quickly, and as as taste develops, uh, one begins to maybe develop an interest in one of the five eternal rasas. Not only an interest out of curiosity, interest out of curiosity may also develop in earlier stages, right? But now an interest uh, of. An interest of uh, of uh, connecting with one's uh, with one's deeper nature from within, uh, where one uh, and that will grow, and at the time of asyakti, uh, uh of, of deep attachment uh, to Krishna which becomes very strong and begins to kind of predominate every activity and every moment is is, uh, is spent in deeply contemplating Krishna. Then, uh, then one of the five, the attraction for one of the five Rasas is coming in. Then one really can can begin, in, 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 the, oh, in the full-fledged sense. Sorry, I pulled off the microphone. Didn't realize that. Then, in the full-fledged sense, right, one can practice his uh, serving Krishna with attachment, and now with a particular type of attachment in one of the five rasas. And one become one begins to practice raganuga bhakti, the path of following, following the path of attachment, and one begins to follow a ragatmika devotee, a devotee, an eternal associate of Krishna, who is the personification of rock, like for example Nanda Yasoda, or the Gopis of Vrindavan or, or the Cowherd boys, and so one one comes to this raganuga bhakti and. Uh, and the uh, emotional experience of bhakti begins to increase, and one enters into into, uh, into bhava, in, into the ecstatic realm of devotional service. It is said, bhava is described as prema suryamsu. Prema suryamsu in the Rupa Goswami, in the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. And prema suryamsu means a a ray of love of God, just like a ray of sunshine. Whereas prema itself is when when the sun is at, at its full strength in the middle of day. So prema suryansu, early in the morning, the first rays of sunlight are appearing. In So as one is approaching prema, as one is in bhava and one is approaching prema, this is described as prema rukshu. as one is prema rurukshu, then the spiritual identity begins to fully manifest itself. There's no longer an inclination, no longer just an inclination towards a particular rasa, uh, but now the spiritual identity uh, becomes fully revealed, and one becomes restored in his original, identity so this is the process of sadhana bhakti of a sadhana siddha of attaining perfection through sadhana through to practice and cultivation now there's also there is also nitya siddha also a devotee who from birth is immediately a perfect devotee um, or who who descended from the spiritual sky who was all along in this transcendental consciousness and never really a conditioned soul so such a nietzsche's siddha devotee is also on the siddha platform uh, while being in the material world also uh, in the in the spiritual identity and there's also Kripa or a combination of sadhana and kripa siddha. Kripa means mercy, perfection attained through mercy. So uh, there may also be a combination. In the beginning of the uh, of, of Jiva Dharma, which is a book written by Srila uh, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, there's a description of a sannyasi, and this sannyasi uh, used to be an accomplished Mayavad sannyasi, but he found more and more dryness in this experience, and he just turned to uh, to Vaishnavism. But he brought with him uh, the fruits of of uh, of his previous spiritual discipline, um, which was not zero. Uh, and as a result, he was very detached from sense gratification. He had uh, given up the material world in that way. But now he was experiencing fresh taste in bhakti. And he was progressing very quickly. And as he was progressing very quickly, he came into the association of a great uh, realized uh, Paramahamsa Vaishnav who then at one point uh, reveals to him his transcendental identity. Uh, and it describes at the end of the Nisanta Lila uh, this, uh, when Radha and Krishna uh, had to end the night and were about to, uh, to face the day they were... They did not want to. Uh, anyway, this sannyasi was told to, to quickly, quickly deliver a message and, and was explained how he was actually uh, a manjari messenger. So... Um, means a gopi messenger. So the uh, so this was a case of Siddha Pranali. Siddha Pranali is where uh, another Vaishnava is existing a Vaishnava who is approaching, who is rukshu, who is approaching that level. And then the senior Vaishnava may help and just reveal the identity. And it's like initiate a person into the spiritual identity. This is Siddhapanali. and this is in a way part of uh, of the conscious cultivation of the spiritual identity. Uh, it is said one who is sometimes uh, one is meditating on the Varanadasa, the eleven symptoms of one's spiritual identity, uh, the the age that one has, the type of body one has, in what family one belongs, and and so on, and in what service, and through this conscious cultivation, one is entering. Uh, these are 11 symptoms, and one is entering into uh, known as varnadasa, varanadasa, uh, listed in Harinam Chintamani of Bhaktivinoda Thakur, and, uh, and in other scriptures. <clears throat> one can then. Uh, through the conscious process, the process of conscious cultivation, try to or approach the spiritual identity. So this is known as the Bahipanta. The antapanta is the internal, the Bahipanta means the external path. The antapanta of reaching the spiritual identity, or the internal uh, process, internal path is the process of automatic revelation where no separate endeavor is made raghunath das was uh, instructed to uh, by sarup damodar goswami in antaranga seva in serving according to the eternal identity and it was about automatic revelation uh, so it is described in the uh, uh in Jaiva Dharma, that Raghunath does was given the Antapantha and Pandit, uh, with his disciples, uh, Gopaguru Goswami and his disciple Janachandra Goswami were given the Bhai Panta and we find that uh, the uh, Janachandra Goswami has written uh, a book on, uh, on that uh, goras Marana, archana Padati, if I'm correct. So the, uh, and in that book, the process of external cultivation of the spiritual identity has been described, which is not for Neophytes, which is for those who are primarily rukshu. Uh, then we find, uh, we find, uh, a class of men in Bengal known as uh, Sahaja. Uh, the Sahajas, and the Sahajas, they are, uh, they are bringing this whole experience of a of an internal spiritual identity right down. To the physical platform and the mental platform, to the mundane realm, uh, and <clears throat> the sahadjas. Then they are uh, identifying internally uh, in their mind. Males may identify with the female identity of uh, of of the gopis. Uh, and uh, and imagine themselves to be uh, a gopi, and then they may act that out. Uh, then there are uh, many groups that developed, right, following Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who claimed a connection with Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but who were not following any scriptures who were basically just for, just following uh, this process of entering into the uh, the female identity, uh, just like so. These are described as as bowls and cartabages, and uh, there was a whole prominent uh, development of this in in Bengal, both in West Bengal, East Bengal, uh, Bangladesh, um, and uh, what can we say? Then it said that in some of these, uh, uh, some of these groups um, were practicing what is called uh, left-handed, uh, uh, left-handed tantric rituals there was also Buddhist influence Um, and where the uh, male and female are seen as representing uh, divine energy that the entire cosmos is also manifest in the body just as there there are rivers on the planet there are there is like rivers in the body and like there are um, so many a a macrocosmos, microcosmos type of uh, similarity or correspondence is is seen. And then what is happening is, uh, yes, so they see them, the male as the universal male principle, female as the female prakriti, and in this way there is ritualistic, sexual activity and uh, then we found a whole description about so this class of men um, are known as bowls uh saki, beki. some some then went so much into this female identity some men uh, i have some pictures of of some men who lived their whole life in a sari dressed like like female uh, some uh, some ideas are there that like uh, the male should become pregnant. The male should uh, should should conceive right of of the spiritual identity right, um, and it's and it's like they they have songs and in one of these songs it it said like better than touching the feet of 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 your guru touch the feet of your woman right because <clears throat> you touch the feet of the guru because you want to become like the guru so you are touching the feet of your woman because you want to become like like her and then going into that female um, identity So this is all bringing uh, things down to uh, a level of uh, banal level, uh, banality uh, uh, to uh, a gross, perverted, disgusting way of practicing so-called spirituality, right? While actually engaging in debased material activity, mm. the it, it has nothing to do with uh, with Vaishnavism. Um, another interesting detail is that uh, the same thing also manifested in. Uh, In Islam, as Islam reached Bengal, Islam was far away from home. And as Islam was far away from home, it didn't always uh, have the uh, most orthodox uh, manifestation. And we're seeing that uh, besides... The military presence of Islam in uh, in in India, right? Um, we see that there was also uh, the Sufis. The Sufis were particularly interested in visiting India. No wonder, uh, just like in uh, in the sixties and seventies, there was. Uh, a whole young generation turning towards uh, spiritualism and alternation of consciousness and so on. And India, India suddenly became like the promised land, right? Mm-hmm. India became the place where uh, actually such spirituality could be experienced. And uh, and many of the yogis, many of the uh, uh Visitors of the West wound up with uh, uh, with a lower class spiritualist, the sadhus and the yogis, showing uh, smoking ganja, smoking marijuana, or the impersonalists uh, who were uh, or yogis pursuing mystic powers. Uh, And uh, very few actually managed to uh, connect it with with Vaishnavas. Um, But somehow or other, uh, so the point is this, is that the Sufis also, uh, who came to India, they also uh, absorbed uh, many things from India. And then in Bengal, there was a class of Sufis who fakirs who were like uh, austere um the sufi fakir is is a class of men who is uh practicing austerity which is uh, <clears throat> not so central uh, austerity renunciation is not so central in islam marriage is really in the forefront but then these fakirs they also embraced this uh, same principle of uh, now being the the bride of god uh, which which they had uh, apparently picked up from christian influence in the middle east so some esoteric teachings came out and some of these fakirs also took like a free form uh, experience of and and being female and living in a female identity. So it was a, interesting how it was a, a, a cross a religious uh, matter, not only limited to uh, the direct followers of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, but also under the influence of of uh, of the whole culture of Mahaprabhu. Uh, the Muslims also took it, and the bowls and, and the fakirs were just like, mixing freely in the landscape of of bengal and in the beginning of the 19th century this was uh, quite prominent uh, and then it's mentioned that both orthodox orthodox hindus brahmins and orthodox muslims were rejecting these things uh, they were rejecting uh, these these practices but anyway so uh, the Gaudiyas are also strongly uh, rejecting this, and the Godiya Vaishnavas or the Chaitanya Vaishnavas are not orthodox in that sense. Uh, orthodox means uh, loyal to the to the teachings. The of course the Godiya Vaishnavas are orthodox to uh, in in representing the teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. But the Gaudiya, the Chaitanya Vaishnavas, uh, to make that distinction, the Chaitanya Vaishnavas, they are beyond being orthodox, but are actually realizing through the process of bhakti, as Rupa Goswami has, has fully delineated it in his Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, they are actually realizing uh, the Siddha Deha uh, uh, at a proper stage of their spiritual development, not at a uh, premature stage, not the premature Siddha Pernali, uh, but at a proper stage of their spiritual development. And then the Siddha Deha becomes revealed. So obviously, things are, there are so many uh, groups of Gaudiyas, of Vaishnavas from Bengal, uh, Gaudiya Vaishnavas, Uh, and that is why uh, we prefer to establish the term Chaitanya Vaishnavas, to make it very clear, the followers of Chaitanya. Uh, But then, uh, yes, even there can be uh, confusion. Um, therefore um, um one of our uh uh one of our authors in the um in the in the in the line of Śrīla Bhakti Siddhanta Th Saraswati Thakur wrote uh a book called the Chaitanya, the Authorized Chaitanya Saraswati Sampradaya. Uh, that is defining it very clearly. Uh, the sampradaya, Chaitanya Saraswat, from Chaitanya to Saraswat, uh, or Chaitanya. Uh, and now, nowadays, uh, we also say the authorized, we could also say the authorized Chaitanya, Prabhupada, Sampadaya, as we're accepting Prabhupada as the founder of Acharya and setting all the standards. And, and there comes out an, an, an interesting point. Uh, namely, that Srila Prabhupada said that the uh, Siddhadeya, the eternal spiritual body, is already there. And like I earlier on used the metaphor of of a bank account that has been frozen by the government due to some tax or criminal activity or whatever, and and suddenly there's no access to it. So the person has now uh, the, the living entity, due to becoming involved in the material energy, no longer has an access to the spiritual identity mm-hmm. so sri the proper explained that uh siddha krishna prema sadaka bunai shravanali sudh chitakari udai that the original love of god is being awakened by this hearing and chanting uh, uh or in, 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 in devotional service. So that's interesting, because uh, we don't find a lot of resonance amongst uh, other group of Vaishnavas, not in the Gaudiya Math, not, not in, uh, definitely not in the Babaji uh, uh, Sampadayas. Um, we don't find a lot of resonance with this concept, Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Srila Prabhupada strongly uh, presented that. And uh, the case has been made by uh, Jutta Karma, who uh, makes a, uh, who wrote about the the fall of the jiva. It is uh, found in the, in the Bhaktivedanta Veda base, um, I think it is uh, under number 28. One can look at the table of contents, and they're under number 28, if I remember correctly. One can find their uh, reference due to karma's uh, book, which is uh, on this topic, and it is, uh, It is clearly uh, presenting many quotes, supporting uh, how Śrīla Prabhupāda had this view. And uh, and we are aware of it, right? That he did have this view. Um, Although, you know, maybe sometimes there seem to be statements made on the other side of the issue. Um, So yes, it, it brings up the whole thing If the citadeya is eternal, how can the jīva fall down? Um, Well, the jīva potentially has it within his nature because uh, his nature is to be independent. Um, He has been given independence. So the potential is there within the jīva. The jīva is not bound to love God, the jiva also can, has the independence to choose not to love God. Now, uh, then so many questions are being raised, right? Questions as to, uh, well, why would the living being in the spiritual world suddenly contemplate uh, on on matter and and choose not to serve Krishna any longer if, if, if the jiva is absorbed in an ocean of, of uh, transcendental love. Excuse me. Ah, itchy nose. Ah, with a clean tissue. Yes. So the. Um, what about all this? Well, the um, the point is this: is that ontologically, this this capacity is there within the jiva. Hmm. Then, obviously, it, it cannot begin. The material world is known as the realm of lust and envy so it cannot be that suddenly love transforms into envy uh, in the spiritual world but it is said that okay the living being is in its eternal state and then comes across the possibility the possibility of not serving, which is inherent in his nature. The possibility is given. So I say, and as the living being upon eternity is thinking about this possibility for a moment, then for that moment, the living being is in a, mar- a marginal state, in the tatasta state, on the edge, uh, tata, the edge, is temporarily or for a moment not engaged in in loving devotional service for a moment just neutral in a neutral state of on the edge on the tatasta a state from just pondering for a moment from hey i could also be lord and master instead of servant then comes the the choice nah Uh, and returns immediately to loving service or hmm interesting so as the saying goes curiosity kills the cat Uh, so then curiosity would be the first driving impetus to go towards the uh, material energy that uh, whole Tatasta moment in terms of time can be just a flash. It can be just a flash, very short, right? Um, but before going, f- uh, the jiva would first, f- before being from the spiritual realm, go to the tattusta and then come down. That would be one explanation we can offer. Um, others may object to that, uh, that is fine Uh, but then when we are saying that the living being would begin his journey as the, uh, as as a fallen, in a fallen position, as a Badajiv, uh, then then, then first of all, we, we think of a beginning. And there is no, no beginning, there's eternity. But then, so, because we say, then the living being comes into being as a Badajeev. No, the living being doesn't come into being like a Badajeev. Uh, the living being is eternal. Yes. So, that we know from Bhagavad Gita, never was there a time, and I did not exist, nor you, nor all these kings. So, no, the living being is eternal. Yes. Now, but saying that we would be in this material world, and it wouldn't be due to our own doing but simply because there's different categories of living beings, and we would be the fallen category, then how can we develop love for Krishna? That is my question. If I'm not responsible, if I'm responsible for being here, all right, I, I can accept that, uh, that it was my foolishness, and that Krishna is unlimitedly merciful by making arrangement for me to come back. But if I'm here by some arrangement, that, which is not mine, but from above, then how will I love Krishna if he's responsible for placing me here? So this is, these are big questions that come up in this matter. Uh, there are more questions that that come up. Uh, and one question that comes up is addressed in uh, in the chapter which is, is explains the uh, the bhakti kalpataru is ex- or the the tree that expands from Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The genealogical tree is described over four chapters, and uh, these four chapters are. Uh, then we get chapter twelve describes the branches from Advaita Acharya and Kedara Pandit, and then in one purport, Śrīla Prabhupāda just is saying that generally the um, associates of Lord uh, of Advaita Acharya and Lord Nityananda are in either sakyaras or vatsalyaras, but by the prolonged association of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, they can also attain madhurya Ras. So when we read that statement, then that opened up Pandora's box. Right? And then we said, what is this all about? Huh? Does this mean that we can change, change swarup? that we can change the eternal identity? Huh? If it was already there before, can we change? Uh, Well, this topic was discussed at length with Śrīla Prabhupāda, and it was discussed uh, specifically in a conversation with uh, with Hansa Dutta. And Hansa Dutta uh, did a good job in this regards, because usually um, in questioning Śrīla Prabhupāda, uh, on a sensitive point, the disciples are quite submissive. And uh, when Prabhupada gives an answer, they immediately stop asking further. But this time, Hansa Dutta did not give up. He kept on asking. So Prabhupada is saying, oh, why would he want to change? Knows that Hansa Dutta, yes, that's all right, but can he change? Uh, so after going up and down in conclusion, Prabhupada is finally saying, well, he can, but why, why would he? Uh, Why would he? Now, now going back to the statement here in the, uh, in the chapter of the branches of Advaita Acharya and Ganada Pandit, uh, that uh, generally the associates of Advaita Acharya and Nichananda are in, in parental and friendship relationships, vatsalya and sakiras, and that by prolonged association of Chaitanya Mahāprabhu, they can also come to Madhurya rās. Is it then that by the prolonged association of Chaitanya Mahāprabhu, devotees are just becoming awakened to Madhurya rās? That's interesting. Of course, on the other side, we see Murari Gupta, who is Hanuman, who wants to, who is asked by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to worship Radha and Krishna, and who just cannot give up, who cannot sleep the whole night and in the morning falls at the feet of Mahaprabhu and says, I, how can I give up the feet of my Lord Raghunath? How can I give up the feet of my Lord Raghunath? I cannot, but I can also not disobey your order. Therefore, I'd better die. And Lord Chaitanya just picks him up and embraces him and says, you are, and he he writes on his forehead, Ramdas. And he said, you are Hanuman, you are Hanuman. And, uh, And he is so pleased to see that he remains fixed in that rasa. So... Can the living being change his rasa? Uh, why would he when that rasa is is totally fulfilling? But can he? Yes, he can. And by the influence of Lord Chaitanya. That is how it appears to be from, from these statements. And and I know, I said, that would be opening Pandora's box. And now I'm putting the lid back on <coughs> Pandora's box. And, and leave it to you what to uh, to carry on with whatever escaped from that box. And I'm trying to keep the lid on it now because... I don't really have a lot more information from uh, from Śrīla Prabhupāda on this matter. Well, <clears throat> something about the devotee and the Siddha-deha, mm. Something about this element of the gopis being the topmost lovers of Krishna, particularly Radharani, something about the female identity, something about so many male devotees who are listed in the Gauraganadesh Deepika as females in the relationship with Krishna, because now Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is in the mood of Radharani. So he is both, he is Krishna, but also Radharani, because when he is in the mood of Radharani, he 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 becomes Radharani. So he's Radha in Krishna. And now, since he's in the mood of Radharani, Radharani has her intimate associates in the form of so many gopis. Um, and therefore, many of these intimate associates have now appeared in male forms, so that they can associate intimately with Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Mm. With Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, these rasas are not experienced, because Chaitanya Ma, in the sense, not between Mahaprabhu and his followers, it is said that between Mahaprabhu and his followers there is only dasya, only servitorship. Right? And, uh, all the other Rasas I directed towards Krishna, because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is acting out the role of a devotee, the role of Radharani. He's not acting out the role of Krishna, reciprocating with his devotees like that. He's only, whenever he's establishing himself as Krishna, it is only Dasya. It is, it's, it's all, he is the Supreme Lord, right? In his, uh, clearly in his majesty, in his aishwarya, he's showing his uh, divine power. And otherwise, if he's not in that mood, then he shows his mood as a servant, his mood as Bhaktarupa, his mood of Srimadha Radharani, who is the supreme servant of of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And in this way, um, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is acting out his pastimes with his devotees, who are now only displaying a mood of dasya in relation to him, and not any any other, not any madurya. Uh, or, um. of course, we see Mother Mother Sachi. Uh, being parental towards Lord Chaitanya. And she is definitely. And she is, of course, the same Mother Yasoda. She is the original, uh, the Rakatmika devotee, uh, the Ragatmika devotee, the, uh, the original devotee in that, Uh, particular attachment to Krishna. But the other devotees, right, are not uh, entering into into that mood. They are always in the mood of the servant of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. And although uh, they never forget this Aishwarya, because they know, They know that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Lord. There's no question that under the influence of Yoga Maya, they forget that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the Supreme Lord, as the devotees do in relation to Krishna. No. Uh, All the associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu know him to be the Supreme Personality of Godhead and worship him accordingly, serve him accordingly. And all the... All the tendencies for Madhurya are directed towards Radha and Krishna or Vatsalya towards Krishna uh, and Balaram. And like we can see that Sachi Devi is worshipping Krishna and Balaram. Sometimes Sachi Devi in her ecstasy is is confused um, and and she speaks about her sons, Krishna, and she speaks about Krishna and Balaram, right? Instead of instead of her own son and Lord Nichananda. She just goes up and down between these identities. So but otherwise the devotees in relation to Krishna are developing. The uh, one of the five rasas, particularly the four, four um, as the santa is almost is practically not pursued, um, but the uh, devotees uh, are uh, are directing the other rasas towards towards Krishna, rather in Krishna. Krishna and Balaram, like that. Well, that was something about uh, Saruptattva, Prema Tattva and Saruptattva, um, Prema Rās. Uh, these topics are like the higher topics of uh, of Chaitanya Mahāprabhu's teachings. And... Um, so with this story of Ramananda Roy, I am back in the Antyalila. I was at, at the story of Prajumna Misra, the Brahmana, is found in the in the CC uh, Five. Mm. But I want to go back tomorrow to again a more um, basic topic because I don't want to just focus on the more esoteric aspect of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings, which is the ultimate focus. But I want to give a rounded presentation for all of us, and therefore tomorrow I want to speak about Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the Bhagavad Gita. So looking forward to seeing you then. Hare Krishna. Srila Prabhupada Kijai.